And thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. It's so good to see you uh, on this Sunday. And we're looking forward to a great day in the Lord service this morning. And again, tonight at 6 o'clock uh, with Brother Jay Brooks. And it's been a while since we've had Jay here, but I'm really excited uh, for him to come. And his daughter, Katie, uh, will be with us. I'm not sure if she'll sing tonight, but those of you that know Katie, um, she's been singing since she was probably out of the womb. Uh, but uh, so she'll be with him tonight as well. So we'll get to see her. And so we're looking forward to the Lord uh, just moving. This is our final Sunday night of our summer revival series. So please come out and support the service if you can. Uh, also, if you are one of the men who is putting your name in for the uh, elder committee, our elder ministry, whatever that's being called, um, Wednesday night is the deadline. So make sure um, 
brethren that you get your uh, applications. And if you um, had submitted an application before and you still want to be considered, you just need to do a new signature page uh, since it's been a while since we did those. So that is due on Wednesday. Also, I just want to take just a moment and thank everyone last week for the ministry fair. Uh, it was a great, was it not great? It was just great to hear everybody out there. Um, it was like the whole hallway was just like a buzz uh, with, with everyone um, checking out ministries and fellowshipping, and it was just a really good time. And so I just want to thank all the ministry leaders and the ministry members who helped out uh, with the ministry fair. Uh, so thank you so much for being a part of that, and hopefully um, we'll see our ministries growing, new workers, new um, teachers, so we're excited about that. Uh, the Fall Fest table is still out there because we are going to be registering all the way up until uh, right before Fall Fest, which is scheduled for Saturday, September the 11th from 1 to 4 p.m. Now, if you are willing to volunteer, we need about 100 volunteers to make Fall Fest happen. And so so um, what we try to do is it's a three-hour event. We try to only schedule you for one hour, but uh, no more than two because we want you to enjoy the event. And you can specify on there how you want to volunteer, when you want to volunteer, whatever. We just need you. Uh, so, But those forms are going to be due next Sunday if you want the free T-shirt. If you don't register by next Sunday to be a volunteer, then you won't get a shirt. So we want to make sure we have all our volunteer forms in by when? Next Sunday, right. So um, so make sure you do that and make sure you note at the bottom uh, what size shirt you want. And then the very top of the form is actually just registration. So let's say, for instance, you have a family of four and the one of the people are going to volunteer but the rest are just attending. You still fill out the same form. You fill out the top with everyone. And on the bottom, you'll put where you want to volunteer at if you want to work in games, if you want to work in food, if you want to work in the parking, um, however you want to do that. So, so make sure you do that. And if you want the shirt, it's by next Sunday. Very good. Only like 10% of you know that it's next Sunday. So, so anyway, so you 10% tell the rest. Uh, so anyway, uh, one more thing, and then we're going to get into worship this morning. Um, in just a few weeks, Tuesday, August the 24th, is our next teen night. And so um, we've kind of, over the summer, I haven't said a whole lot to you about teen night, but this is the night that we bring all of our ministries together, um, and we have a night where we can plan and we can um, just spend time together making our ministries better. Because as you know, when you come in on a Sunday and you do your thing and you leave, it's like, that's it. So this is your time to come together with your team and grow together, plan together, make your ministry better, work on your rooms, you know, uh, recruit. This is the night that if you're not in a ministry, but you're thinking about a ministry, this is the night to come because it gives you a chance to go around and check out ministries, meet the ministry leaders, talk to them about how can you help. So anyway, our next one is on Tuesday, August 24th. And the reason I'm pushing this one is because our special guest speaker that night is Jaden Steffi. So some of you know that name and some of you don't, but Jaden Steffi is Troy and Becky Steffi's daughter. They're right here. <laughs> and uh, Jaden grew up in this church. She was born here. <laughs> she grew up in this church. She went off to college and she got her degree in ministry. And then she accepted the role at New Hope Church as the children's director at one of their campuses in North Carolina. And she serves a couple hundred, is it about 300 students? 
uh, she is the children's director of 300 kids. So as many people probably are in this church today, that's how many kids she has under her. <laughs> so uh, she has learned a lot. Uh, she's even helped with the youth ministry there. We got the chance to see her on YouTube. She spoke to the young adults. Uh, Jaden is just She's exploding. She's just doing awesome work for the Lord. She's going to be here that night. We were thankful that she was able to get away, and she's going to be with us that night at 630. So please come out, if for no other reason, to support one of our young people who left this place and went on to do great things for God. So I think you'll be encouraged by her. Um, I think she's going to bring a word that you're going to love. Uh, so she'll come and she'll do that corporate time. So that's from about 6.30 to 7. Then after that, she's going to be meeting with all of our children's workers. And I think the youth workers are going to be involved too. But if you are a children's Sunday school teacher, um, if you are in children's church, JYC, Sprouts, any of that, Jaden is going to have a breakout session just with you. Um, and she's going to be able to talk to you about things that she has learned, volunteer involvement, how to speak to kids, how to make your ministry greater, how to, all the things that you need to know. So please don't miss this night because it's going to be a one-night thing, one-night shot, and you're going to have the opportunity just to sit under her and soak in everything that she has learned. And I've always learned it's good to learn from someone who has learned. Amen? <laughs> so, uh, all right. So let's stand. So be here that night, Tuesday, August the 24th at 6.30. Are you ready to worship the Lord today? <laughs> Did you come expecting God to move in this house? If we don't come in with expectancy, then guess what we're going to leave with? Probably nothing. Every now and then you might get lucky <laughs> and you might leave here and God has done something. But a lot of times if we don't come in ready and if we don't come in expecting God to move, then we probably won't see him move. It can, it's amazing to me how you can be in a service and be like, wow, that was so awesome. And the person next to you is like, yeah, I didn't feel a thing. And I think a lot of it is we've got to prepare ourselves. And so in these next couple minutes right here when we pray, I want you to just tell the Lord, I don't want to miss you today. I don't want to miss what you have for me in worship. I don't want to miss what you have for me in the word. I don't want to miss what you have for me in our prayer time today. God, I want to take it all in. Because as you know, we are never promised tomorrow. This could be the last service that you attend here on this earth. And so we want to take full advantage of what God wants to do. He has something to say to all of us. Every message that comes forth, there is something for all of us. And so I don't ever want us to come in this place and think, well, I'm just going to come in and it's probably really not going to be for me. But I'll do my duty, I'll check it off, and then I'll walk out the door. No, come in and say, God, I know there's something you have for me today. And there's also something for you to do today. You are to encourage someone in this place this morning. You are to smile at someone in this place this morning. You're to encourage and inspire someone to worship through your worship. You're supposed to pray for your brothers and sisters this morning. Did you know that? Did you know that that's your job, that's your employment this morning, is to be in this house and to pray for one another, to carry one another's burdens and to come in this place and to magnify and glorify God so that he can come in our midst and so he can speak. Did you know that there's someone in here this morning that needs you to touch God to break up the fallow ground in their heart? That this morning there's someone in this place that probably doesn't think there's much for them. They're probably coming in this place and they're carrying burdens and weights and they wonder, why am I even alive? Well, you're here this morning to be a witness to them of what God has done in your life, to test 
testify of his goodness and his grace in your life through the way that you worship, through the way that you pray, through the way that you honor God today. You have a job here today, church, so don't miss it. Don't miss it. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Does anybody believe this, that we all have a purpose in this place this morning? It's not just to come and make the pastor do all the work or make the worship leader do all the work, but we are to join in because we are all in the work of the Lord when we come in this house. Amen? Amen. So we're going to start it out by lifting our hands in this house this morning, and we're going to say, God, we are here to receive. God, we are here in this house this morning, God, Lord, to get everything you have for us. But God, we are also here to surrender. As we lift our hands to receive, we lift them in surrender as well. God, that whatever you want to do through us, God, God, whatever you want to do, God, to have us shine a light, God, in this place this morning, we want you to do it, God. We don't want to just be receivers, but we want to be givers in the house of the Lord this morning, God. So use us. We're your vessels, God. God, we know today that your power, God, God has not changed, Lord. God, in all the years, God, that we have served you and we have seen, God, the way that you have moved in our our lives, God, your power is no different today. There are not ebbs and flows in the power of mighty God. No, you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, God. And every miracle we've read about in your word is still a miracle that can happen today. And it can happen right here in this house this morning, God. So we believe that, Lord, and we submit ourselves to you, God. Have your way in this place. God, we open ourselves up to you. We're vessels for you to flow through. We're vessels for you to come and touch, God. We're vessels, God, for you, God, to show your mighty acts through God. And we thank you this morning, God, that you've chosen us, that you've delivered us. God, that you have set us free, God, in this house this morning. And we give you praise and glory and honor. And God, we ask that you will touch every need this morning. God, every need that's represented in this house today, God. Lord, for those that are watching by live stream today, God, we pray, Lord, that you would touch them in every need that concerns them, God. Lord, we ask right now that you would reach down to Sister Lois Justice on Hawk Valley Lane today, God, and you would touch her, God, that you would bring healing and peace to her today, Lord God, and you will touch the family, Lord, as they are caring for her, God. We thank you for that. And God, I also pray this morning, God, Lord, if there is anyone in this house this morning that doesn't know you, that God, today they would not even be able to walk out the doors, God, until they've turned their lives over to you, God, until they've given their heart to you, oh God. Lord, we ask for salvation in this house this morning. God, we ask for a move of your presence and your power, God. Lord, that it shakes us, God, from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, God, that we will leave here knowing we have met with you, God. And we thank you for it. And we give you praise, God. You are the great and awesome God. And we believe in your power. We believe in your might. And we believe that you are ruling and reigning, God, in this place this morning. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen and amen. Somebody give him a shout of praise in this house this morning. Force. 
not believe it, stand on it. God, that you are the chain breaker. God, you are still the one setting us free, God. You're still the one healing and moving. Oh, Jesus, they will break every stronghold. Freedom is ours when we call his name. Jesus, name above every other. Oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. Jesus' name will break every stronghold. Freedom is ours when we call his name. Jesus' name above every other. All hail the power of Jesus' name. All hail the power of Jesus' name. And I will call upon the Lord, for he alone, he is strong enough to save.
Oh, yes. Come on, praise him this morning. Glorify his name. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. Shed for my sin, for your sin, for the sins of the world. Hallelujah. We bless you today, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody happy for the blood of Jesus today. Rejoice in our freedom and our liberty. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Lord. We bless your name today. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good to us, Lord. Oh, God. My children, this day there is sufficiency for sin, for disease, for sickness and infirmity. Yes, it is the blood of my son, Jesus Christ. Know this day that that blood has not lost its power, but is still being extended as mercy and grace and a gift to all who would receive this day. Know this, that this blood will wash away your sins. This blood will write your name in the book of life. This blood will heal you. This blood will set you free. This blood will cause you to rise up and be all that I have destined you to be through my blood of my son, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the precious blood today. Praise the Lord. God, we bless you today. God, hallelujah. Father, I thank you today for speaking to us, Lord, for confirming, God, that it is the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing more, nothing less. The sufficiency that you've given us through your son, Jesus Christ. God, thank you, Lord. God, we rest in that assurance today of the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, Lord. As the old songwriter said, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, today for the precious blood of Jesus Christ, Lord. God, it's why we're here today. It's why we're even standing here, Lord, before you, because of the blood, God. We had no access. We had no authority. We had no power. We had no standing. But thank you, Lord, because of the blood. According to what Paul told us in Ephesians 2, that those who were afar off have been brought nigh by the blood of Jesus today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you today. Hallelujah. We bless your name. I don't know about you, but I'm about to have a spiritual fit here. God bless you. You may be seated. I know people say, well, we ought to behave when we're in the house of God. Well, I'm going to tell you what, when eternity touches the temporal, you can't help but do something. You can't help but be moved. Amen. Come on. Anybody that's been brought out of sin, been brought out of a pit. (laughs) Praise the Lord. We bless your name today. Thank God for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you what, we're going to preach it if the world likes it or they don't. And, And by the way, they don't. They don't like it. But we're not going to stop. We're going to keep preaching the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the only means of salvation through Jesus Christ. Thank God. Thank God we have a way. We give him praise today. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Uh, I sense his presence. I'm going to ask the ushers to come. I'll tell you what, we had a powerful time of prayer here Wednesday night. And um, if you're missing it, I'll just tell you this, you are missing it. You might say, well, I can't pray for an hour or like 30 minutes or 40, 45 minutes. Let me just challenge you to just come and just be in the presence of God. It is so awesome just to be with God's people and his presence here. Uh, And it was a sweet, sweet time. 
And, uh, and, uh, and I will tell you this, God, God is going to hear us uh, and he's going to answer because we have prayed and he's showing himself to be mighty and powerful. Again, as was mentioned, we'll be back this evening at uh, 6, 6 p.m. Uh, with Brother Jay, Jay Brooks. Uh, and he's looking forward to coming and to, and to sharing the word of God with us. Uh, if you can be here, please, please do do so because this is time for a season of Pentecost. We really want to see Pentecostal power in this last day. Uh, and I can tell you this, he is a Pentecostal preacher. He's going to preach the word to us. Uh, and we need to hear that in these last days. Thank you for your giving. We're going to give to the Lord in um, worship this morning, tithes, offerings, missions, uh, whatever you're giving. God bless you for that. And may he do so richly. So let's look to him this morning. Then we'll hear the word of God preached. Amen. Father, we're so grateful, Lord, to be in your house and your presence. And thank you, Lord, as we just heard uh, about the precious blood of Jesus. Lord, thank you. God, let us never lose sight of that. Let us, let us never grow cold or callous about hearing about the precious blood, Lord but that it would be ever on the forefront of our minds and in our spirits and in our hearts, Lord, that we would remind ourselves daily, Lord, to look at the cross and see the sacrifice that has been given for us, oh God, that we would be a grateful people. And I know that your people are, God. But Father, now we thank you, Lord, that as we give to you, we release our finances to you, God. We know that you're faithful and you're trustworthy. And as that second song says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, God. You are the great provider and you will provide in this hour. God, I pray for pastor as he steps up to this pulpit. Give him supernatural focus to declare what thus saith the Lord this morning and help us, Lord, to be receptive and open to what you're going to speak to us by the Spirit. So, Father, we thank you for all these things and we commit it into your hands in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Give to him in worship this morning. power in the blood. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Oh, wow. What worship of the Lord. Amen. Aren't you glad that the blood has never lost its power and it will not lose its power. It does reach to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. And probably most of us have been both places. We've been on the high mountain and we've been in the low valley. 
but thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ that goes with us high, low, and in between. Thank God for the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So good to see all of you here in the house of the Lord. Thank you for coming. We are obviously still in the midst of the vacation season. A lot of folks didn't get to do much last year, and they're taking advantage this year. Actually, my wife and I were away for uh, several days this past week. We celebrated our 54th <laughs> wedding anniversary in style, eating a sandwich under a pavilion in Greentown, Pennsylvania. A sandwich, but it was, it was it was a decent sandwich, though, wasn't it? Amen. Now I know you can't believe 54 years, but I I got married around age six, and so anyway, anyway, but I thank the Lord for uh, for the Lord's blessing on our lives, and to know you and have you in our lives makes it also much more worthwhile. Thank God for all of you today. I do want to mention, as already been said, that Jay Brooks will be with us this evening. Some are familiar with him, some are not. Those that are, you will be here. Because we've had great revivals with this young man uh, in the past. And he's a pastor now. But he sent me a message yesterday and he said, tell the church I have a right now word from the Lord for them for Sunday night. So I'm asking, pleading for you to come. Everybody that can. If you are a teenager and you drive a car and your parents don't come, ask them if you can come. Always ask. Give them a choice. Tell them you can either go on a wild date with no chaperone or you could come to church. I'm sure they'll make the right choice. That's at 6 o'clock this evening. If you've got something better going on at 6 o'clock this evening, let me know so I can come, okay? Praise the Lord for his goodness. It is so good, amen, to be in God's house. Let's stand, if you will, for the reading of the word of the Lord. 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, and we're going to begin at verse 28, and we're going to slip right into the third chapter. It's only a few verses, but... There is a continuation here, as most of you probably, or at least a lot of you are aware, that the Bible wasn't written in chapters and verses. This is a letter that was written, but it has been made easier for us to follow and read just like right now. If I simply told you to turn to the letter of John and I'm going to read from that, you wouldn't know where to go. So man divided it into chapters and verses and did a good job with it. But once in a while, it's great to just follow through and see what follows the end of a chapter. So we read in 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, and now little children abide in him. Now, how many know what abide means? Abide means to stay connected, stay in Jesus Christ. It is true that no one can pluck you out of the Father's hand, but God give, gave you a will and the power to choose. And unfortunately, in my lifetime, I've known numbers of people who walked away from God. So the scripture tells us to abide, remain in him, no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, stay in him, Ab abide in him. Why? That when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. How many believe he is coming? If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. 
Now we slip into the third chapter. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Let's look at that verse again. And everyone who has this hope in him This hope in him purifies himself. We have that hope in Jesus and it causes us to purify ourselves just as he is pure. I want to talk to you on the the hope that purifies. The hope that purifies. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you, God, for this time of worship and praise and we give you glory for that. Now I ask you, Lord to give an anointing, God, to this vessel who needs it desperately. And I pray your Holy Spirit will touch us, God, and you will minister, you will speak, God, that I might speak as an oracle of God, not of my own will, not of my own volition, but may you anoint. God, I realize that your word is inspired, and I pray, God, that you will help me to deliver that word with an inspiration, God, or an anointing of your Holy Spirit to make it possible, God, for everyone to Connect with this word, connect with this message to speak it in a simple manner, coming straight forward from the heart of God. And I pray, God, you'll help me to do that. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Apostle John gave us some great incentives for living the Christ life. I want to talk to you about those incentives today, and I want to talk about a purifying hope. Now, I will tell you in the very beginning of this that this is not a word that's very popular today. It's it's not one that you hear a lot of, not that you hear none of it, but it is just something that has sort of gone beyond us and slipped away in this age in which we're living. But I want to point out to you, and I think uh, all of us, or at least most of us, would certainly agree that according to what is happening in our world, in the day in which we live, in our nation, and in the entire world, there's never been a time when we are closer to the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ than we are right now. We know that the things that are going on right now in America and around the world are absolutely signposts of the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, whether we like that or not, whether we want that to happen or not, irrespective of that, it is clearly marked in Scripture and signs are being fulfilled like never before. In my lifetime, I've never seen what is happening right now in the culture in which we live, in the nation in which we live, and in the world in which we live. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. Now, I don't know uh, when, but I will will tell you this much. If I were to use a a pro football analogy, I would tell you that we've heard the two-minute warning. We're in the final two minutes. If, if, If you are a soccer enthusiast, I would say we're in the extra minutes. And I don't even know what that means, I don't think. 
I, I, for you soccer enthusiasts, you can fill me in. But what I understand at least is, is that the clock never stops in soccer. It just runs all the time. But at the end of the half or the game or whatever, some official on the field has kept the actual time and he's subtracted for all the fake injuries <laughs> and the real ones. And uh, uh, he's adding time at the end. So you really don't know when the game is going to end. You know it's going to end, but you don't know exactly when it's going to end. And, uh, I, 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 I would tell you that uh, that's the time in which we are living right now. And uh, you could certainly ask Maddie Cole about that. She could explain it very well, having played on a national championship college team. She could tell you that. I'm just not all that familiar with it. But what I do know is there is an official somewhere on that field and he's keeping the, he's keeping the minutes. And even though me watching it, I may not know, he knows when it's going to end. How many know that there's an official in heaven who's got a clock right now and he knows when this thing is going to wrap up. Amen. And what he tells us to do is to be ready. You know, it was John that recorded the words of Jesus in the, in the book of John in chapter 14. It was, it was this same John who recorded the words of Jesus, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place, I will, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. We know that was confirmed even by angelic beings on Ascension Day after Jesus was raised from the dead and spent all of that 40 days. The Bible tells us that when he ascended to heaven in Acts the first chapter, it says two men, and they were actually angelic beings, dressed in white, stood and as the people watched Jesus go up in a cloud, said, why stand you gazing into heaven? Do you not know that this same Jesus that went away in like manner, he is coming again. I'm looking forward to that, my brother and my sister. He is coming again. The apostle Paul reiterates the promise in 1 Thessalonians 4.13. He says, but I do not want you to be ignorant. So don't be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep or have died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And that's exactly what I want to do today is comfort you with these words that he is coming again. Hallelujah. I'm in that number. I'm either going to be one of the dead raised or alive caught up. I'm in the number. Are you in that number today? If you are, give God praise and glory. Paul said, we didn't just come up with this. He said, this is the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord says that Christ is coming. The word of the Lord says it's going to take place. Jesus himself 
tells us and gives us some, some measures of, of, of warning and, and how to discipline our lives. For example, in Matthew 24, 42, Jesus said, Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming. He is coming at an hour you do not expect. So the scripture says, if you knew when the prowler was coming, if you knew when the burglar was coming, when you, if you knew when the robber was coming, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be sleeping. You'd stay awake and you'd protect what you have. But I want to say, use this in a positive fashion to tell you that one of these days Jesus is going to come back sort of like a thief and he's going to take away the property that belongs to him. He's going to take away the people of God that are washed in the blood of the lamb. Amen. So here's what he says. He gives us some examples. For example, he tells us a little bit later in that same chapter, he tells us a, a parable about a faithful servant and an evil servant. And here's what he says. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming. My master is what? Delaying his coming and does what? He begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour he's not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. One chapter later, Jesus gives us another parable of ten virgins. He tells us that five of them were wise and five were foolish. The five wise went out into the night and took with them their lamps and extra oil. The five foolish went out in the same night because the bridegroom was coming, but they took no extra oil. They only had their lamps. And the Bible says that they all, all of them, wise and foolish, slumbered and slept. Everybody has to get a, some rest, right? Everybody has to sleep, righteous and unrighteous. But listen to what it says in Matthew 25, 6. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered and said, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, while they went to go back to church, while they, maybe the altar is still open, right? And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. I want to stop there. I'm going to read the rest of it in a minute. But I want you to understand that I am giving you the word of God today. 
We are not allowed to pick and choose what we like about what Jesus said and throw the rest of it out. These are the words of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I have no authority to ditch those words, to say they have no meaning. That was for another era. That is the word of the Lord out of the mouth of the Savior himself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready, those who were ready, those who were ready, went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. And then he sums it up. What's the message? Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So don't let anybody fool you, 88 reasons why the Lord had to come in 88 or any other book or any other author or any other preacher. No one knows. But I want you to understand that those parables and those stories and those warnings, they're not in scripture to entertain us. This is not for us to, this would make a great movie, wouldn't it? It's not entertainment. It's serious business. It's life. Now, John would write more specifically in the book of Revelation about the coming of the Lord. But he is writing in the book of 1 John, and he's talking to us about a hope that will actually purify us. It's a hope that involves a suddenness to it. It's a without warning kind of thing. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That means we shall not all die. But we shall all be changed in a moment. In a moment. And if that's not fast enough, in the twinkling of an eye. How fast is that? At the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. So the Bible says that this appearing of Christ, this catching away of Christ, comes without warning. Morning, noon, or night, we don't know. We don't know when. Just, it happens. But it happens so quickly, so suddenly, that there's no opportunity to change anything. And according to the word of God, when Jesus comes, some are going to be ashamed. Some will be caught in acts of sin. Can I just be specific? Some will be sleeping with someone they're not married to when Jesus comes. Somebody will be in the middle of a dirty joke they're telling. Someone will be watching pornography when he comes. Some will speak words that grieve the heart of God. They'll be using language when he comes that will grieve the heart of God. Because you have no warning. It was John's intent to live a clean life so that he wouldn't have to be ashamed. He was very protective of his position and so should we be. Let's see what he said again. In 1 John chapter 3, 
verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. There were two things that John could not find words to express properly. One of those things was the love of God. He was the one that recorded the words of Jesus in his former book, the gospel according to St. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Those were the words of Jesus. John recorded them. He was overwhelmed by the love of God. The fact that sinners like John could become children of God. What an amazing thing. It's in the book of John again in the gospel, 1 and 12. But as many has received him. To them, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Listen, listen, John is so fascinated that God would, John is a fisherman. John's a fisherman. A fisherman can become a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, can become a member of the royal family, be, a, a, be an heir, be a joint heir. John was overwhelmed that God loved him so much. I just want to say this to you today. You don't have to have a special pedigree to be a child of God. You don't have to belong to the hierarchy. You don't have to belong to the family in, in London, You're the, the queen. You don't, have to belong. you don't have to be a prince. You don't have to be a princess. You don't have to be any of that. You could be a fisherman. You could be a garbage collector. You could be a pastor. You could be anything. But you can become a child of God simply by believing on his wonderful, precious, and holy name. You don't have to have any special honors or privileges. It doesn't matter if your mom and dad both are in prison for life. You can become a child of God. Think about it. Ordinary people like us, ordinary people, no special lineage. I'm not so interested in Ancestry.com because I don't know if I'll like what I find out. But we're people of God, I, I th- and we should act like people of God, right? I remember one of the Andy Griffith ec- uh, episodes, that's, and for those that are new here, that's my favorite all-time show, and... Uh, when Andy is sending, I think he, Opie was going to school that day, and before he left, Andy said, now act like somebody. Act like somebody. You're a child of God. Act like somebody. Act like a child of God. You've got some royal blood flowing in your spiritual veins today, so act like a child of God. Walk like a child of God. Live like a child of God. Act like somebody. Amen. He had a desire. He wanted to live like a child of the king. He was ready for the world to reject him. He knew that was going to happen. He said the world doesn't know us. They didn't know him. They don't know us. He had a desire to be like Jesus. And the reason 
that he had this desire that he had was he anticipated there was a there was going to come a personal meeting with Jesus. And so he wanted to be like Jesus. That's why he says in verse 2 of 1 John 3, Beloved, now, we, now we're children of God. That's what we are right now. And it's not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know this. We know that when he is revealed, we will be like him, but we'll see him as he is. Hallelujah. Ah, he said, we're children of God right now. Whether we're old or young, healthy or not. Amen. Whether we got money in the bank or uh, we're looking for a job or what. We're children of God. That's what we are right now. He said, I, don't, I can't even tell you what it's going to be like when we see him. But I can tell you this. We're going to be like him. And if we're going to be like him, I think we're going to like it. Don't you? He longed to see Jesus, and that hope kept him pure. That's the heart of the message today. Because he believed in the coming of Jesus, because he loved Jesus, because he knew he was a child of God, it helped him walk in purity. That's what the scripture says. It says that every man that has that hope purifies himself even as he is in other words, John's life was changed. It's changed. May I ask you a personal question that you don't have to answer to anybody but yourself. How has the hope of Jesus coming changed your life? What is it that you do different now because you know Jesus is coming? What is it that you don't do now that you used to do because you know Jesus is coming. And you have that hope. Uh, we're not talking about perfection here, so don't get nervous on me. Because if that's it, I'm leaving now. But it is that hope that will purify us. It is that hope that will cause me to go back to the spiritual hand sanitizer. Amen? Boy, if some of us were as eager to get rid of sin as we are, germs... Man, we have rubbed our hands for a year and a half now almost till there's no skin left. How has it changed you? And I ask this question in sincerity. Are you ready for the return of Christ? Are you ready today? Now, I know some of you are saying, Pastor, I, it's not a matter of not being ready, but I don't want him to come yet. I still got some dreams I want to fulfill. I get it, but I didn't ask you that. I ask you, are you ready? Are you ready? Some of you are probably saying, I just hope he doesn't come before I get married. Ask some of us that are married. <laughs> not us, not you and me, it's perfect. <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> what was I thinking? No. <laughs> That's what she's thinking right now. It's time to get ready, folks. It's time to... Stop messing around if you are and get ready. Three times in that 22nd chapter of Revelation, the last chapter in the book, John records the words of Jesus, I come quickly. Let's look at them. Verse 7, Revelation 22. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Verse 12. And behold, I am coming quickly. 
and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. And then as we close the book, down in verse 20, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming quickly. And listen to what John does with this. Amen. He amens it. Even so come Lord Jesus. The last message of Christ is, I come quickly or suddenly I come. And John says, amen, amen. He says, even so, come Lord Jesus. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Folks, that's the last message of Christ. And John amens it. And he pleads for the reality of it. You know, John's speaking for us. He's the voice of the church. Come, Lord, we want you to come. We want you to come. We want you to come. We desire you to come. And I want you to remember that this is a man, when he says this, even so come, Lord Jesus, remember who he is and where he is. He's John the Beloved, and where is he? He's on the Isle of Patmos, basically forgotten, written off, ostracized, but something kept him going, and it was this hope that someday, some way, whether I ever get off this island or not, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And no matter whether you're on Patmos or you're in Stevens or Reamstown or Ephraim or New York City or wherever you are, when he comes, you're gone. Hallelujah. You're out of here in the name of the Lord. So the return of Jesus to John was a boost to his faith. Now we know that John got off the island, but I don't know that he knew that at the time because we have his writings and history tells us some things about John. But what this was was a reminder of the purifying hope that he he wrote about in 1 John chapter 2 and in 1 John chapter 3. Again, he's the mouthpiece for you and me. He's the one who delivered the message and he is the one also to proclaim he believed the message. I just want to tell you that the coming of the Lord is the anchor and stay of the faithful. The thing that keeps us going, the anchor that keeps us going is the promise of the coming of the Lord. It is a sound of alarm and warning to the wicked, but to those who are saved, washed in the blood of the Lamb, it's what keeps us, it's what we hold on to. It's that hope that when, when all hell breaks loose that we can say this will end one day. Thank God this trial, this test, this tribulation will not last forever. Jesus is coming. How many believe that, church? So the answer to the question, the question is, why hasn't it already happened? Why hasn't it already taken place? Here's the reason. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But beloved, do not forget this one thing. That with the Lord, one day is a thousand, as, as a thousand years. And a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack. Concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but his long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Do you know why he hasn't come? Do you know why there's extra minutes? 
the cause. Now, God built those extra minutes in. They're built in. Those extra minutes are because of God's grace and God's love and God's mercy. And he could take his church right this second, but he wants more in it. He wants backsliders to come home. He wants lost people to be saved. The reason Jesus hasn't come yet is the Bible says he hasn't delayed his coming. It's intentional. Because the Lord wants a harvest of souls to be won. The scripture makes it very clear that he doesn't really want anybody to perish, but that all should come to repentance. I want to close with a little story I just read. It's a fiction story. Joseph Cease was um, an American theologian. He was a Lutheran minister that lived in the 1800s and died in the early 1900s. And here's what this Lutheran minister says. Let me read this. It's brief. Fiction has painted the picture of a maiden whose lover left her for a voyage to the Holy Land, promising on his return to make her his beloved bride. Many told her that she would never see him again, but she believed his word. And evening by evening, she went down to the lonely shore and kindled there a beacon light in sight of the roaring waves to hail and welcome the returning ship, which was to bring again her betrothed. And by that watchfire, she took her stand each night, praying to the winds to hasten on the sluggish sails that he who was everything to her might come. Even so, that blessed Lord who has loved us unto death has gone away to the mysterious holy land of heaven, promising on his return to make us his happy and eternal bride. Some say that he's gone forever and that here we shall never see him more. But his last word was, yea, I come quickly. And on the dark and misty beach sloping out into the eternal sea, each true believer stands by the lovelit fire, looking and waiting and praying and hoping for the fulfillment of his word in nothing gladder than in his pledge and promise and calling ever from the soul of sacred love. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And some of these nights, while the world is busy with its gay frivolities, and laughing at the maiden on the shore, a form shall rise over the surging waves as once on Galilee to vindicate forever all this watching and devotion and bring to the faithful and constant heart a joy and glory and triumph which nevermore shall end. Jesus is coming, church. I said, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. You may lay me in the ground someday before it happens, but Jesus is coming. Church, he's coming. And John said, if you have that hope within you, if you keep that hope fresh within you, it'll help you purify yourself, stay unspotted from the world, and live the Jesus life that God intended for you to live and not be caught up in the world's schemes, in the world's frivolity, in the world's pleasure, but you take your route the right way and you follow Jesus Christ. Come back, worship team. Now, I'm telling you, this is not a popular message. It's not, but it is a timely message because we need to be reminded that we serve a soon 
coming king. If we live in prosperity, in which most of us have for most of our lives, for most of our lives, things may change. They are changing right now, and they may change more. It seems that people who don't have so much of the world to hold on to are a little bit more responsive to the message of a soon coming king. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay here. I said, I I just don't want to. I want to be here for as long as God wants me to be, but this world is not my home. Passing through, treasures laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Hallelujah. Angels beckoned me from heaven's open door. I can't feel at home in this world anymore. So it's time for us to take our walk with God seriously. Are you, are you saved today? Do you know Jesus? Well, pastor, you're preaching to the church today. Yep, I sure am. But I don't know the answer to that question. Only God and you know that. But if we're not ready for the coming of Christ, listen, what an amazing God that we serve that John said, or Jesus, but he quoted, John quoted him. And of course, the Bible tells us that if we simply believe on the Son of God, we can have eternal life. We read again in John 1 that it says that he's given us the power to become the children of God simply by believing on his name. And then that same gospel writer tells us in his letters, he tells us that, that that hope of the coming of Christ will help you stay pure. It'll help you to stay clean. It'll help you to make rights wrong or wrongs right, I should say. It'll help you to make those things that are wrong right. It'll help you to get things squared away, keep short accounts with God because you believe Jesus is coming. And what if it happened today? Stand with me. Hallelujah. Would you be ready? Would you be ready? Would you be in a position to say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready because of what you did on the cross of Calvary. I've received it into my life. And Lord, I want to do like John. Because he said that this hope will help me not be ashamed. Because one day I have to face you. And if I face you with this hope fresh in my heart, it'll keep me from conducting myself in such a way that I have to be ashamed on that day. That's the word of God, folks. That's the word of the Lord. That's your message today. I hope you receive it. In Jesus' name, bow your heads with me. Listen, if you're here and you don't know Christ, you can get ready. You can be ready today. There was a man sentenced to death and dying on a cross right next to Jesus. And on the last day of his life, in the last hours of his life, he turned to Jesus. Jesus gave him a heartfelt message, a welcome to be with him in paradise. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. The blood of Jesus, we sang it earlier, covers it all, covers it all. My brothers and sisters, this is the hope that every believer has, that that blood has atoned for our sin. If there's anyone in here with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you would say, Pastor, you're talking to me today and I want to get, I want to get right with God. I really want to be right with God. I don't want to leave this building without knowing that my sins are under the blood of Christ. 
I know I can do it because Jesus promised it. So I want to, I want to do what it takes right now. Would you simply raise your hand and hold it up? Keep it up for just a few short moments. You're in the dark to me out there. So it takes me a moment to see you. Don't put it up and down. Just keep it up. Not going to call your name. Not going to ask somebody to come talk to you. I'm only going to ask the Lord to speak to you. The Lord Jesus to speak to you today. That's what I'm asking today is the Lord will speak to hearts. Is there someone today, if they would raise their hand and say, this is me. Listen, listen, as I'm asking that, there might be believers in here, uh, people of God, and, and you've, you've known the Lord, you've walked with the Lord a long time. But, but you, to be very honest, if you, would, you would say, you know what, I haven't, given, I haven't given any consideration to this thought in so long. I, I, I've just, I've been going so busy with my life and trying to raise the kids and make enough money to live and, and, and do what I do. And, and, and really, I've, I've just sort of been out of touch with the spiritual side. And I, w- I want to get, I just want to get a reconnection to this hope you're talking about. I'm not lost. I'm not, a, I'm not living out in sin, but I, I just need a reconnection. I need to get in a place with the Lord where that is fresh again to me, fresh again to my heart, fresh again to my life. Would you raise your hand in the name of Jesus? That's, that's got to be a number of us today. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. That's a number of us today who are saying, Lord, I want to refresh that hope. I want to refresh and renew because we can get so caught up with what's going on around us that we lose sight of it. Now, please understand, I'm not suggesting that anybody goes to a cave or a mountain somewhere and just waits on the Lord to come. Jesus said, occupy till I come. Do what you do every day. Go to school, go to work, make your plans, all of those things you do, but do them knowing this. If the will of God allows, this is what I will do. For we know not what another day may bring forth. We can make all the plans in the world, but we need to always say, if God wills, if it is the Lord's will, this is my plan. This is my direction. But if the Lord wants to take me today, I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you ready in Jesus name? I want to open this altar, whether you raise your hand or not. If you feel a drawing of the Holy Spirit, just to come and make is what the, the scripture says, make your calling and election sure. You just say, Lord, I want to make this thing sure. I don't want to walk out of here with any doubt in my mind. I want to renew, refresh. I want to replenish my spiritual life in a great way today. Hallelujah. Will you come? Nobody's going to judge you. I said, no one is going to judge you. Hallelujah. God forbid that any of us set ourselves up, starting right here with me in the name of Jesus. But we're just coming because we want to renew. We want to be restored in this vibrancy of the hope of the coming of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We just thank you today, Jesus, for your presence. As they sing, this altar is open. If I could use some prayer support right now. I could use some people coming and standing in behind. I could, I could use some folks who are coming who are saying, I'm, I'm concerned for a loved one. I want to see him saved. I, I want to see him right with God. I want him see them uh, get saved before Jesus appears. Time's running out. The sand in the hourglass is quickly moving from one side to the other. Jesus is coming, church. I don't know when. I'm not going to project a date or even a season other than to tell you that we are in the last days because the Bible clearly tells us the signs and they're here. They're here. They're here. 
right now among us. So let's pray together. Let's ask God for those that are remaining where you are. Would you ask God for souls? Would you pray for souls or this church to win souls to the Lord Jesus Christ, to, to bring them in before it's too late? And hallelujah, for those of you who are struggling right now, whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional, whatever, you're a child of God. This is your hope today. What a day it's going to be when we see Jesus, church. We've served him without seeing him. But the day is coming. We're going to see the Lord. I said, we're going to see the Lord. We're going to see him. God bless you. Let's pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. singing today.
Amen. So I have a question for you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? And my hope is how you feel right now is how you wake up every morning feeling. As you go into this world every day that we are ready. Because we heard today, we don't know when it is. So it's great that we feel ready right now. And that's awesome. And I'm so thankful for that. But we also need to feel ready Tuesday morning, Wednesday night, Saturday night. So my hope is that you guys always feel ready. Pastor, great word today. Thank you very much. So we got a lot of exciting things going on this week, starting tonight. So I hope to see most of you come out tonight for Sunday Night Revival. Our special speaker is Jay Brooks. And I was kind of calculating in my head, and maybe you can correct me, but Jay's been speaking at Reamstown for a very long time. And I'm, I'm trying to think maybe the first time he spoke was somewhere probably between 18 and 20 years ago. I don't know the exact uh, year. He was a young guy. I was a young guy. So I know it was around that time. And he's been coming back quite a bit. He even spoke at a pastor appreciation. You know, great man of God. It would be awesome if you guys could come out and support that tonight. Um, Monday night, uh, softball team playoff game at Mineta's. Um, so it's just right down the road. We don't get to play at Mineta's that often. So uh, please come out. Um, when is the last day to sign up to get your free T-shirt? Next Sunday. So to, right now is a great opportunity to go right out those doors, fill out your sheet, and uh, hand that in to make sure you get that free uh, T-shirt. So um, this Wednesday, Joy Bells and Blue Bells are having their party. So um, just make sure you have your girls here at 4 p.m. Um, for that. And let's go out and have an awesome week. Okay? So let's pray. Lord, we just, Lord, we're just so thankful that, Lord that we have this reminder today that we need to be ready at all times, Lord. And Lord, that we go out these doors, like Pastor said, like we were somebody, that we're a child of God, Lord. And let us take this message out because we heard today that the Lord is graceful and he is merciful and that he is long-suffering because there are people out there that need to hear this word, Lord. And Lord, we are your chosen vessels to go out into this community and share that word, Lord. Lord, just give us that boldness this week when we run across people to share this word. Lord, that, that we would not be ashamed, but we would make sure that our friends, our families, our coworkers, that they're ready, Lord. And Lord, just be with us the remainder of this week, Lord. I ask you to touch this service tonight, Lord. I just ask that you would touch the worship team as they prepare for tonight, Lord, that you would touch Jay, Lord, as he comes and brings the word, and that we would just have another awesome service tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.